following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Hey, 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 uh, hey, Iowa State. Nice bridge. <laughs> Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berkland with us today. Much like Alaska, the bridge to nowhere. Oh, I'm sorry. That the is, bridge to Ames. My that bad. Is, that is a long bridge. If you haven't seen it on social media, oh yeah, Iowa State announcing that they are completing their new bridge, which is connecting its stadium, Jack Trice Stadium. I've been by it a couple of times, which I do appreciate the location of that stadium. I like when I when I travel with K State soccer. I could. We are in close proximity to either where the soccer stadium was to the football field, or you know just where the hotel was. I just kind of go hang out around the stadium, go for a run or something, go exercise. I remember uh, visiting Waco. I would run from the soccer field to McLean Stadium, do a lap around it, maybe see if I could walk in, see if there was a door open, check it out. I think it's lackluster anyway, and then run back to the soccer stadium. Um, Jack Trice Stadium, I was able to run around it. There's a lot of open area. There's a nice park by Jack Trice Stadium. But now they've added this bridge that costs $10 million. And and K-State fans, let me tell you how good you have it. This is how good you have it, especially those that bring their RVs. Because what they've done is they've built this bridge that's like a quarter mile long. Okay? If you think it's like a lap around the track, that is a quarter mile. Um, For some, that's a pretty long walk. For me... You know, it's not terrible. I can do it. Which, by the way, I've noticed over the weekend, I'm in terrible shape. I've been very lazy since I took over this job. I need to get back out there. Uh, when it comes from now till August 11th, I'm going to be in much better shape. Troy, keep track of all that. I weighed in at over 200 pounds. It is the heaviest I've ever been. Oh, let's not go That's there. no bueno, guys. That is no bueno. But anyway, back to Iowa State. So they built this bridge that connects – the stadium, basically, to a parking lot that's going to further expand their east area of parking, and it's going to feature a new donor RV parking area. Guys, where do we park our RVs here in Manhattan, Kansas? Right next to the stadium. Iowa State keeps their donors and their RVs away from the stadium. Uh, un- you got to un- walk over a quarter mile. Unless you're on the east or had a spot on the east side of the stadium, and now you no longer yeah, have but that. Those RVs, they shouldn't I, be losing their spots. They should be just fine. Most of the RVs, anyway, if I remember correctly, I mean they're mostly I know, they're on mostly the, on the west on the west side. Yeah, they're on the north side. They're on uh, on Kimball and College. I more than anything, I'm just tweaking those who are frustrated. I know. I mean, we got it good here. We got it really good. But if you're rich and you drive your RV that gets six miles to the gallon, I don't know what an RV gets, but I can't imagine it gets that great gas mileage. At this point? You can just hold a lot of gas. Maybe 12, but that's it. We're going to need a moped parking lot now at the bill. (laughs) Don't get get the... uh, I almost bought one. Don't give the lime green folks any ideas. 
Well, you can already find a bunch of I, there's people that drive them from like campus because I, I live in an area where there's some college kids and they'll drive those yeah those electric scooters yeah to where in the neighborhood I live which is not too far from the radio station that's a pretty decent hike for those uh, for those scooters and then whoever charges them at it go track them down and get them but anyway. Jack Trice Stadium, Iowa State, making it longer of a walk for their rich donors to now walk over to the stadium. They now have to interrupt their tailgating, their beer drinking, their martini shaking, burger flipping minutes that they have after parking. Have to be sober enough to be able to stumble across the bridge. Well, luckily for them, it looks like there's something they can hang on to while they walk across. Maybe not. I don't know. It's kind of bird's eye view of a, of the bridge. They can maybe walk along the uh, side of the bridge so they can uh, keep themselves up. But, uh, I mean, when it comes to that, those kind of standards, I mean, I don't think we can talk. <laughs> Ham's the beer refreshing. But Ham's I've said it before, the and I've, there's been other people on the show that have said this before. K-State, Bill Snyder Family Stadium, we have some of the best oh. access when it comes to parking the walk and getting to the stadium than almost anybody in the country. About the only thing that I could see ever wanting a bridge for at Bill Snyder Family Stadium is just to get from the agronomy lot across yeah. Kimball. That's it. Just give us a good walking bridge to get across Kimball. And not to mention, I mean, all the neighborhoods that offer oh. their yards to yes. park into. There's a lot of people that can make a few extra bucks, and there you go. Not exactly, I wouldn't call it premium parking, but some pretty solid parking where you can park, walk over to somebody else's tailgate that you planned on visiting. Hey, maybe maybe a bridge is the only thing the bill is missing when it comes to the luxuries. We also don't like have, like I mean, of course, there is that one restaurant not too far, but... Not a whole lot of bars or anything to go to, but it's a tailgating atmosphere anyway. That's what people want to do, tailgate. Absolutely. And we'll see as the edge continues to grow out there. Who knows what will come next? Did I already welcome us to the show? You did. Okay. I'm glad because I forgot if I had yet or not. Today is a great day because coming up on the show, we're going to speak with Ryan Hennington, who's former Blue Jay there at uh, Junction City. Former mm. Wildcat for five years. He played, I think, to my count, four different positions. But we're going to catch up with him. But he's also part of a group that has founded in a, a Wildcat NIL collective. And we're going to talk NIL at 510 with the former cat himself, Ryan Hennington. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, we're going to let Troy have a few words about the Royals, who have won four of the last five against the AL Central. Don't look now, but... Royals maybe not finishing last in the Central? We'll see. But they made a pretty big trade earlier today with the world champions. But first, we got to start off with a celebration. I got to play, not, I'm going to play the, the song here, Troy, but it's not the song you're thinking of. It is. Hey, Jim. You know the old sugar daddy. They be tricking their tail, girl. I said you can have whatever you like. I said you can have whatever you like. Yeah. Stacks on big. Patron no yeah. Uh. Travion's singing along. What is the significance of TI's Whatever You Like? Well, guys, this was the number one song in the United States 
back on November 1st of 2008. Good Lord, this thing was a number one. It was. Oh. And you know what? I don't even know if I've had it as a number one song. I didn't even check. How dare I? I? I dropped the ball on that one. But anyway, the significance of this, I mentioned the date. Guys, that was the last time KU beat K-State in football. Thanks to those on Twitter for making this known. It has now been 5,000 days since the Jayhawks have won a football game against their in-state rival. What do you get someone for the 5,000th day anniversary? Uh, do you go buy him a sunflower? Give him a gold-plated toilet bowl. A case of Bush Light. Maybe that's more Iowa State. That's more Iowa State. Although, Bush Light's a big thing down here. Natty. Natty is Iowa State. If it was more of a Farmageddon rivalry instead of an in-state rivalry. No, I I mean, you've got to make it, you know, real alcohol for uh, for KU. Well, you know, hook him up with some uh, tall grass or some, uh, you know, some Manhattan Brewing Company brew, you know? There you go. I can't believe it's been 5,000 days, but that's if you unreal. really, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> 13 straight against the Jayhawks. That's the record for longest winning streak in the conf- in the uh, rivalry's history. And Yes, I know. KU does own the all-time series, and they'll, in response, tell you that. It is, well, according to K-State, it's different than what KU says because there was that forfeiture in 1980 imposed by the Big Eight. But KU doesn't recognize that, even though they won that game. They recognize it as a victory. K-State recognizes it as a victory because of the forfeit that right. was imposed by the conference. All right, All right. Tia, I'm just going to end it right here, buddy. Thank God. Um, <laughs> it's good for two minutes, you know? Like, oh, number a number one out of that. Oh, now a classic. Oh, oh. Travion saying T.I. a classic, huh? Oh, it's classic something, all right. My, did you see um, the Royals? <laughs> the Royals are going to have a, a 90s yes. um, black jersey, classic jersey giveaway tonight. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking oh. in August, they're doing a, like, a game, and then after the game, they're doing like a 90s concert, but they have Black Street, Ooh. Uh, Vanilla Ice, Okay. Uh, Color Me Bad. Yeah. And then I can't remember who the other one was, but I was like, you know what? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a solid, that's a solid 90s I would want to be there to hear No Diggity. Of course. But anyway. Uh, yeah, but uh, tonight is the black jersey giveaway, and I know some Royals fans who are like, just burn them. Just burn them now. So T.I. was the number one artist when KU last beat K-State in football. The president? <laughs> Got to actually go back a few. George W. Bush. Was the president. Barack Obama was just uh, a few days away from being elected. And then, of course, a few months away from taking inauguration. And then uh, gas prices were 220 <laughs> We're on our way, I hope. Yeah, we're, we are on our way. We're sliding back. Now, that game back in 2008 was... The beginning of the end it of was, the beginning? Well, it was the, I'm trying to, I almost said the icing on the cake. It's the opposite. It was the beginning of the it, end. It was the gasoline, it was the gasoline that's already on a, a burning house. It was just more gasoline on that house. And finally, the house just imploded after the long burning fire that was for Ron Prince. 
where K-State lost that game back in 2008, 52-21, and KU was up 31-0 at the half. That one hurt. Oh, boy, that one hurt. Josh Freeman was not good. Three interceptions. Jake Sharp ran all over the Cats. Lamarck Brown scored all three of K-State's touchdowns. Do you remember him as one of our running backs back in the day? Um, and K-State turned the ball over five times. I mean, it was just the one of the ugliest games you could ever imagine against KU, especially after beating him during Snyder 1.0. But since then, K-State has won 13 straight. It's the longest winning streak in the series history. And like I mentioned before, we start talking about music. K-State does trail the all-time series. 64 wins for KU, 50 wins for the Cats, and there are five ties. But since the Governor Cup has been played for starting in 1969, the Cats lead that series 32-19-1. to and But there's, uh, you know... To me, there's some other things, and there's some stories that come to me when I think of the last 5,000 days, and we'll uh, look back at some of those stories when we come back here on The Game. I honestly can't tell, Travion, if this is rock or country. <laughs> it's Jack White, so you can, uh, you can do whatever you want yeah, with it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I yep. guess so. I was I was waiting for like either like you were waiting like for Luke some, Bryan like some scream like ah! and then or the, or Luke Bryan just coming on and saying cut off shorts drinking tailgating whatever most Bass monotone fishing, most monotone damn singer in the world but yeah it's the Raycon tours sure. Okay. <laughs> it's the game, Mitch, Troy, Travion, just us three today. I, I like the diversification, though, in tunage. Just trying to figure out the uh, number one song in 2009 uh, that K-State, when they started the 13-game winning streak. Because we're talking 5,000 days since K-State lost to KU in football. I don't have the date pulled up, but I believe it looks like here it was, oh boy, I call this the worst song of all time, Fireflies by Al City. That song does stink. Oh, it's terrible. Jeez, that's my era, and I think it's. Let me let me double check though. I might be wrong. 2005 through 2010 just literally sucked musically, didn't it? Mm. Nope, I was right. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the day pop music. The day. Let's qualify that. The actual day K State started that winning streak against KU, November seventh of 2009. Fireflies by Al City went number one. On that day, oh, if there had to be one downside to the whole thing, that's it. Because I hate that song. <laughs> it is garbage. <laughs> and old Big Steve, when he added his own spice to the music that we play here on the show, he added that. And I was like, hey, dog, you got to delete that, man. That's terrible. That's just that's not the vibe on this show that I want whatsoever. Hit the button, buzz that one right out of here. Boy, I can't believe it's been five thousand days. It's been since the game in two thousand eight. The Jayhawks beat K State in football. That is a long time to not beat your in state rival. That is the longest streak in the conference's history. That two thousand nine game though. Where K-State beat KU 17-10. It was the first Sunflower showdown with Bill Snyder back at the helm. Todd Reesing was still the quarterback of KU. 
that was a nail biter. That was a. I I felt very nervous about that. I can remember those nerves because of you know K State. Not only was you know trying to beat KU in that three game losing streak, but the Cats you know they still had a shot at the Big Twelve North. That was kind of their win to keep them keep themselves within earshot or keep themselves within a shot of winning the Big Twelve North. But yeah, KU still had Todd Reesing, and the game came down to Todd Reesing's passing game versus K State's running game. Thanks to Daniel Thomas, and luckily KU turned the ball over three times because K-State was able to score off two of those three turnovers that essentially won them the game. And I also remember that game was on Versus. You remember that channel Versus? Yes. And it the, it, the original Outdoor Life channel morphed into Versus because they got the NHL. Which later on became, under a new name, NBCSN. I did not know that until today. K-State's played KU on some odd channels before. Now, I also jumped to the 2012 game because that TBS. was played on – No, it was played on – well, yes. Back in the old days. That was days. a good time, though. I, those, were, uh, those were some pretty memorable games that used to be on TBS. True. That 2012 game was on FX. I had to double-check that because FX didn't seem to me at any point in my life to be a sports channel. I mean, was K-State playing games leading into Sons of Anarchy? Or American Horror Story. <laughs> but no, I for two seasons, FX had football games. And it was two pretty great seasons for K-State, 11 and 12. But K-State played like three or four games on FX that 2012 season, including the win at Iowa State, beating Miami on FX. Would have been uh, just before they launched FS1. Right. So that would have been explained why it would have gone that way. Okay. Now, KU has started 10 different quarterbacks. Oh, man. In the 13 straight wins against K State. Now, if you ask me beforehand, how many could I name? Probably, th- probably four. My memory's not great, but I could tell you easily the last three because they're fresh in my memory. And um, I would have also told you Todd Reesing. But since Todd Reesing, Jordan Webb twice, Dane Crist, Jake Heaps, I should remember that one, Michael Cummings, Ryan Willis, I would have never remembered that if you gave me a million dollars. Carter Stanley actually started against K-State three times. Carter Stanley. Man, if that isn't a University of Kansas name. Peyton Bender. A name we'll remember for this upcoming season, Jalen Daniels, and Jason Bean, who started the 2021 game, left injured. As a matter of fact, we saw three quarterbacks in that last game Mm -hmm. in 2021, and I remember that because that was actually my first ever game at the booth. I'd never been to a game there until this last football season, and guess what? Hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn sets a new career high on the ground with 162 and also scored three touchdowns while he was at it. He had like an 80, was it an 80-yard run for a touchdown? Now, K-State has had nine quarterbacks. By the way, that would be now uh, University of North Texas quarterback Jason Bean. Transferred out. Oh, did he? <laughs> K-State's quarterbacks during that time, yeah, Grant Gregory, Carson Kaufman, Colin Klein, Jake Waters, Joe Hubner, Jesse Ertz. Alex Delton, 
Will Howard and Skylar Thompson, a few of those only getting starts because of injuries. But also, KU has had seven head coaches during that time. Good God. Can you name them, Troy? Uh, I know you've been out of the market for a while. No, I, yeah. Um, you've got Turner Gill in the mix there. You've got Lance Leipold in the mix. Um, Lawrence High's current coach. Uh, why can I not think of his name now? Clint? I know. You're there? You're okay. There. Yeah, you're yeah there. I just can't think of the last name. Bowen. Bowen, okay. Um, oh, come this, on. This, you're this missing is, a very important one. Yeah, uh, well, okay, Les coach. Miles. You yeah, go. you've got to have uh, Charlie Weiss in there. Two more. Um, this is post-Terry Allen. There's no way that he, he was still there. Um, oh, uh the the uh, the guy who uh, who got money from them, David. Uh, see, you're hitting me. It's on interesting. T- you're remembering first names. I, I'm remembering but, first names. I'm not catching the last names because I've had three bad nights well, of David, sleep. Ba- David Beatty. Thank you. Yes. And then the last one is the first one. Right before Mangino. Yeah, there you go. Things got a little messy, and he wow. had, to, you know, had to separate themselves, KU and Mangino. Let, pardon me. Let me pat myself on the back for being able to pull through that list. Now, one story I will never forget from the past 5,000 days was from the 2018 game. So it's Bill Snyder's last game against Kansas, and K-State wasn't solid that year. I mean, neither was KU, and it wasn't a pretty game. Right. But K-State's up 21-17, which was going to be the final score. But KU, twice in a row, ran for touchdowns of like 70 yards or something like that. I mean, they were, if it wasn't for penalties that brought them both back, they were going to win that game. But penalties saved the day. I mean, they were pretty clear penalties holding. But it was on the second one. Where Maven Saunders, the tight end for KU... Stood on the penalty flag. Oh, yeah. He was standing on the flag. And then when the officials are looking for the flag, and I remember watching it as it unfolded. As a matter of fact, I was where I was sitting, like I was perfectly positioned to see this all play out because <laughs> I wasn't in the press box yet. And Marvin Sa- Maven Saunders was standing on the penalty flag on that last touchdown that was called back for KU and the officials are looking for the penalty flag and then when they start walking towards him with his cleat he just kicks the flag backwards I'm like you idiot I'm pretty (laughs) sure I made him jabroni the week for that and that tacked on an extra penalty for KU they don't pick up a first down and the cats were able to hang on Never, ever will forget that moment. Now, 2010, that game, the 2010 game, I mean, that was a Thursday night game, if I remember correctly, playing at KU. I almost got in a fight with a roommate over that game. What? Because he's a big KU fan. Oh, come on. I'm the big K-State fan. I actually lived with two Texas fans as well. And then the fifth guy that lived in the house didn't care, but he would root for K-State. This had to have been at Cloud. Well... I don't know why he was talking a lot of trash. He knew that the Jayhawks had no chance, 
but he always had that optimism, plus probably hanging on to basketball pride. Definitely got the wait till basketball season line in there. He delivered it at some point, I know that. But man, was he getting fired up every time I would cheer. Because K-State throttled KU in that game. It was not close. And then the end of the game comes. It's over. And he is pouting hard, upset. And he looks at me and goes, because he was, he was ready to come to blows. I was rubbing it in his face. He's like, he looks to me and goes, you better choose your next words wisely. And I was like, oh, my God. So what I did is I sang the fight song. Perfect. He got a laugh out of that. He's like, okay, well played. So, guys, if you never, if you need to de-escalate a hostile situation, a scary situation, or there's about to be fist thrown, just start singing the K-State fight song. It's either going to be weird or funny. And by that, by the end of the song, everybody's going to be, ha, 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 ha. Your odds are I better. Hope. Your odds are better with that than singing the uh, 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 less than gentrified version of their alma mater, which is. Uh, let's just say that yeah, it gets a little rough. Oh, I don't. For some reason, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, be well. Let's just say that there's some language in it when you change words to their alma mater. Well, tell me. Can't just can't just hold me in suspense. There 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 are some things that uh, po- Ed, edit it, but yeah, that the FCC will not allow. Let's okay, put it that well, way. you know, but far far above the. Let's see. Where the skies are blue stands an old abandoned outhouse that they call KU. Anyway, <laughs> and, it, and it goes from there. We're 138 days away, boys and girls, until the next round of the Sunflower Showdown. It happens to be Senior Day is when KU comes to town. It's the last game of the regular season. I'm not sure the last time. I don't think it was. No, this last year wasn't that way. No, it's been a while since it was placed as the rivalry game at the end of a year. Yeah, because yeah, 2021, the last game was Baylor, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Last home game was Baylor. Texas was the last game. I tell you guys, my memory is garbaggio, is terrible. Uh, at Texas, that's right. Because Baylor Skyler, was, Skyler yeah. got hurt. That's right. Will Howard. Jeez Louise. All right. Enough of my memory. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to Troy's brain <laughs> next because he has some thoughts about the latest trade that the Royals have made, which is it's it's actually very interesting. We'll go over the details when we come back. It's the game on K-Man, Mitch Troy, Travion. Travion, what'd you do this weekend? I went to Lawrence for a couple days, went to a concert, pretty much it. Well, lucky you. Lucky uh, Lawrence has concerts, right? We went to KC for it, but... Oh, who was it? Um, Was it Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah. 
My girlfriend's son went to that. I was like, you know what? Who opened for him was Avril Lavigne. Who was better? Yes. yes was Avril Lavigne better? That's Yeah, that's kind of why I was kind of forced to go. He's not my favorite, but um, I was looking forward to Avril Lavigne, and I got an Avril Lavigne shirt. So Nice. I looked up her set list. Like, she, I mean. Stuck to the hits. The hits. Machine Gun Kelly, I was like, I don't know any of these songs. Because he's got a couple okay songs, but I just kind of think he's uh, a ding up dong. his own a little bit. I know Troy probably was a big Avril Lavigne fan back in the day. Yeah, no. When Skater Boy would come on the radio, yeah, no. there's no way you're turning into the channel. Yeah, no. That was past your... Uh, that was a little bit past, yeah. Man, if you went to school <laughs> in the early 2000s, those band parties, you, you don't go to a party without hearing Avril Lavigne. And then all of a sudden, now you're playing, uh, oh, God, Flippy Cup. There we go. I was trying to say, uh, trying to think of a 2000s big party, 2000s party game. Mm-hmm. Flip Cup. No Flip Cup back in your day? No. We, we just played standard quarters. All right, let's go with what you're an expert about. Because um, I'd, I'd be very interested to get your take on this. So the Atlanta Braves and the Kansas City Royals involved in a trade earlier today where the Royals are going to send their 35th pick in the draft, which would be a first-round draft pick, to the world champions. And the world champs are sending over three prospects. One of them happens to be their top prospect. However, he's not in the top 100. Correct. So that's where it gets interesting for me on how you feel about because I mean the Royals fans have they not been asking for three things for everybody to be fired for Benny Benny Pasquantino to be called up which he has which by the way hey went deep today cool for him first home run in uh, Kauffman Stadium and to start dealing some of these guys because it's kind of kind of goes hand in hand right with the um, wanting coaches to be fired. Let's just hit that gosh darn reset button. The possibility of Drew Waters. Who's that prospect? I was is talking that about. prospect? Uh, the possibility of him becoming something in the major leagues is, is right there. The, he's been a guy who was in the top 100 prospects list, but fell out of it this year. He's been in the minors for three years. This is his second at AAA Gwinnett. Well, for the bulk of it this year, he's had just a brief cup of coffee this year in the league. But you look at this, and you're talking about a guy who is just 23, so still a developing player. He's a guy who isn't all that bad right now, 246 at AAA. So you can see where... Right now, his his hitting prowess is what's holding him back. Uh, Fielding-wise, there's a belief that he's pretty solid. What has happened there is that Michael Harris has taken over center field for the Braves this year and is having a breakout year. And so they feel they're set in center field for a while. And Waters not performing where they would like him to made him expendable. It also, from a Royal standpoint, makes you perk up for a moment. And do you see with the trading deadline coming 
Michael A. Taylor potentially going on the market. That would be a potential move there. Nonetheless, you've still got a guy in, in waters that you're bringing in versus, and, and we'll add the two other players who both headed to AA uh, Northwest Arkansas as part of this deal. You add those three together and put that versus what the specific pay slot would be. That pay slot for the 35th pick in Sunday's draft is $2.2 million. So the Royals essentially spend $2.2 million for three players, one of whom is in the process of developing as a pitcher. He's dominated high A this year, and that is... Uh, Andrew Hoffman. Andrew Hoffman, thank you. I wanted to get his first name in here. 7-2, and 2.36 ERA, and so he'll move up automatically to double A as part of this deal. The uh, a third player involved is C.J. Alexander, a third baseman. He's only 26, batting 258 at double A, but also has played first base. Out of the three, I like the the ceiling for Hoffman and what he's accomplished thus far, but I really think that if they play it right and are able to find a way to develop Waters as a late bloomer, much like Merrifield developed for the Royals as, as a late guy in terms of being a prospect, I think that they could really turn that into something especially if they are looking to make a change in center field and blow it all up, as we're talking about. So the Royals are going to trade Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees? It's Dear God, I hope not. That would make me so angry. Because it's the Yankees? Because it's the Yankees. Absolutely. That's the only grudge there? Not because it would be a bad deal? Uh, it would depend on what is coming back. Sure. I mean, they, I will never say anything is a bad deal just as a one-way deal. I always want to know what what is on its way back before I will label anything a bad deal. In this case, I think that this is a, a deal where there is a lot of questionable upside to it, but there's some upside that can be made of it. Otherwise, it's a pretty generic trade in my book. Well, the Royals finish up their day-night doubleheader tonight against the Detroit Tigers. Heck, if the Royals win the series, um, if they sweep the series, they're going to be fourth place in the Yale Central, and the Kansas City has won four of the last five against the, against the Central with a record of 33-52. and 52. Daniel Lynch on the mound tonight, 7-10 first pitch, pregame 6-30 here on K-Man. We will wrap up Hour 1 of the game with Sam Honeybun's movie review next. Well, Sam told us on Friday that he's actually he saw the movie before he released his preview. So let's get to it. Movie review with Sam Honeybuns. Welcome to the Micro Movie Minute with me, Sam Honey. Today we're taking a look at Thor: Love and Thunder. The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. The latest from Marvel Studios sees the God of Thunder, played by Chris Hemsworth once again, on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced a quest for inner peace. But his retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, who seeks the extinction of the gods. To combat the threat, 
Thor enlists the help of ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who, to Thor's surprise, is wielding his magic hammer Mjolnir as the mighty Thor. Is Thor Love and Thunder worthy or can it not lift the hammer? Oh boy, Marvel, your mediocrity has been showing badly. After six movies in a year, five of those have been mediocre to bad, and unfortunately, Thor Love and Thunder falls into that category. The biggest standout in terms of negatives are the characters. First off, while Hemsworth does a great job once again in the role of Thor, the writing for him is abysmal. He's a bumbling buffoon and almost a caricature of what the character is supposed to be. He's downright stupid throughout the entire film. Next, we have Jane Foster, the mighty Thor. Portman is also great in the role, but the script tries to have an emotional connection to her and her relationship with Thor, which is a perfectly fine thing, except her character has been missing from these movies for almost 10 years. Any emotional connection has left the building. The other side characters don't get utilized as well and kind of just become background. Kind of forgot some of them were with Thor on their journey. And finally, we have Christian Bale as the villain Gore the God Butcher. Once again, great in the role when he appears on screen. His backstory is so rushed and the little screen time he has, he doesn't really do anything. Along with mediocre writing and a bland story, the rest of the movie suffered. He obviously wanted to go for more of a comedy route due to the success of Ragnarok, but a lot of the jokes fell flat. I think I only chuckled like four times throughout the whole movie. There was a running gag involving a love triangle between Thor and his hammers, which was fine for the first joke, but they kept hashing it out throughout the movie and it got kind of weird. The three positives I would say are most of the visuals were fantastic, the music was fantastic, and the action scenes were really well done. Overall, Thor Love and Thunder is continuing in a mediocre trend for Marvel that, while it looks good, lacks any kind of emotion or humor. That's why I'm giving Thor Love and Thunder two Guns N' Roses covers out of five. And now we'll wrap up the final Micro Movie Minute with me, Sam Honey. Well, I do like the sweet child mine in the background. Now, if you're a movie maker, you can get four chuckles, good chuckles out of the audience. I, you feel pretty good about that. Getting 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, don't worry. I'm not going to see it. Hour two of the game. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk Wildcat NIL with former cat Ryan Hennington and the latest on well, the expansion race, as some are calling it. Hour two of the game next. Local news.